Welcome to the Chasing Passion Podcast. My name is Dom and I'm your host. Each week, I bring on a passionate person to help you discover your own passion in life and how to begin pursuing it. Thanks for spending some time with me today and let the episode begin. Hey Kate, and thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Uh, no problem, Dom. Delighted to be here. <laughs> so I guess the first question I want to ask you is about your background. Uh, what do you do and how did you get started with what you're doing now? Um, so probably took a bit of a roundabout path to get here. So I would have done physics as an undergrad. Um, after I finished that, went away traveling for a year. Then oh, nice. did a master's in London in applied maths. Still didn't really know what I wanted to do. Then my uh, dissertation in my master's was to do with maths and biology. Um, so looking into... God, I can't even remember now. <laughs> Looking into things, how into how cells work uh, using maths. And then based on that, there was an area called systems biology, which is, um, yeah, use, using maths and data science, essentially, mm. to, um, to un- understand biology better. And there was an institute opening back home in Dublin. So I applied there and did a PhD. And um, so I was looking at how cancer cells migrate uh, using maths and yeah like it was it was interesting um I spent two years in the lab which I had not really anticipated turns <laughs> out I hate that um it's it's good it's 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 very important work and it's very good work it's just not really for me um and then I kind of planned to go into academia go into research and everything and then got to the end of it and just realized I don't know you know like you're on a path and you just see the path in front of you and you kind of assume you're going to do it and then I took a bit of a step back when I took a break after the PhD and was like, I actually don't want to go into academia research at all. It's not for me. So then um, I started teaching maths in the math support center in UCD. So it's like a drop in center for anyone who's uh, having trouble with maths, um, which I actually loved, really liked it. Um, I also tutored, you know, like did tutorials and stuff. I like that less because I had to prepare I kind of prefer not preparing for stuff so mm. I kind of liked when people just dropped in and asked <laughs> random questions uh I really liked that but it wasn't kind of a long-term prospect for me um and then I heard about this thing called data science which is kind of like what people would have done during my PhD but that wasn't the name I had heard um and then someone told me about the job I'm doing now so I've been working as a data scientist for the past four years so that's a I don't know that time period covers about 14 or 15 years so it's wow, very okay. roundabout um, I've done a lot of stuff <laughs> so you're mainly based kind of in physics maths kind of background yeah and actually uh, what kind of made you choose a PhD or choose uh, to study maths in the first place what um, kind of I always I always really liked maths and mm. I did applied maths for the leave search outside school because my school didn't didn't do it um and I just, I really liked it. I just like solving problems. I really liked understanding how things like that worked. I've always been interested in how things worked. I also really liked, oh, I wanted to do a million things. I really liked, I wanted to become a human rights lawyer. But I was like, ah, you probably just end up on like property law or something like that. And I wanted to do English and I wanted to do, I loved history. I don't know, I wanted to do loads of stuff. But I was kind of, my thinking was like, I'm always going to read a book or read a history book or read something. I'm probably mm. not ever going to sit down and do differential equations just in my spare time so that's kind of why I decided to do maths hmm. I wanted to be an architect for a while I don't know 
I still don't know what I want to be <laughs> or do. <laughs> I'll do this for a while and see. <laughs> and and like doing a PhD, I'm pretty sure like that's an intensive kind of a thing to do. Yeah. Like, did you, did you find it worthwhile? Did you, does it help you become a better data scientist? Why did you do a PhD? Um, so why I did it originally is because I wanted to go into research and I wanted to work on something really, you know, I wanted to help people. I wanted to work in cancer research or other disease research. And I want to be a researcher and PhD is the path to that. In reality, you know, like I, I was working on cancer research for four years, but in reality, the day to day, I didn't like, I found it very tedious. I, you know, you're working on the same thing for four years. And then if you stay in it, you're working on the same thing for a lot longer as well. I kind of realized at the end of it that that's not really what I wanted to do. I wanted to do something where the impact was more immediate and the work was more varied and there was a better work-life balance. Um, So I don't regret doing it because I always wanted to, that was always the path that I wanted to take. So Mm. I feel like if I hadn't taken it, I would have kind of regretted it. But that said, I would say people shouldn't do it unless they're, very sure and they talk to people about what it involves because it's uh it's a big undertaking all right i'm not dissuading people against it but definitely talk to people about the day-to-day experiences um it's kind of can be easy to get a bit blown away with the idea of doing something but i like you know some i think some people are driven by the overall goal of what they do and some people are driven about the actual day-to-day stuff i thought i was an overall goal person turns out I'm actually kind of a day-to-day person so if I like my day-to-day work and I'm not as interested I'm you know I'm not as passionate about the overall goal I actually enjoy that more than if I'm passionate about the goal but I don't like the day-to-day mm. but everybody's different yeah exactly so I suppose it's trying to figure out which one you are yeah and what kind of person were you in school and uh, did you always kind of want to go towards the mathy data science well you, you said you didn't but like yeah what kind of person were you in school uh yeah, I, do. I didn't really like school. I, oh, me too. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I found it too, like, restrictive and I didn't like the rules. And one of my teachers said to my parents in a parent-teacher meeting that I was anti-establishment. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, I mean, I never caused trouble around that. I just didn't like, I didn't like, like the rules, like things to be a bit more flexible. Um, yeah, I kind of liked the stuff I liked and I didn't like the stuff I didn't like and I didn't try the stuff that I didn't like, which I regret now. Um, I kind of had pigeonholed myself, been like, I'm good at this stuff. Like, I'm good at maths and all that and I'm bad at languages. So, therefore, I just didn't really try at languages. And it turns out I'm probably like, grand languages I just didn't really try so yeah I probably should have put a bit more effort into that kind of thing like I think things are less black and white than that you're probably you're probably grand at most stuff and maybe good at other stuff there's no point real really discounting the stuff you think you're not good at because you know you can still become okay if you tried mm. I mean that's discounting obviously if people have specific difficulties but yeah so, yeah, but I always preferred the maths and that. The mathsy, sciencey, physics stuff. Yeah, well, yeah. I had to pick between history and physics for the leaving cert because they're in the time, same time, choice, slot, time slot. <laughs> Broke my heart. <laughs> yeah. Oh, interesting. And like, 
and you know a lot a lot of young people tend to struggle uh, to find out a suitable career for themselves mm. and i know you struggled as well just because you mentioned it but what kind of helped you like what were the kind of main things that helped you uh find your own path and you know um i don't know like i don't, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. So, <laughs> yeah, like, I think probably talking to people. I think definitely when I was in college I and school and everything, I thought, like, you went to college to learn how to do a job. So, you know, like, obviously it's more clear when, like, you know, people do teaching and become a teacher or lots of engineers do engineering and become an engineer architect. You know, things are... But, like, there's, there's so many jobs that you don't even know exist like most jobs I say are jobs that you don't really know exist like there's it's the minority of jobs that are like I am a something I went to college to be like a doctor a vet, a vet an architect a teacher an engineer most of people in the working world are doing other things so to kind of I don't know talk pe- to people do a bit of research if you can get in and do an internship or something like that and find out what you like and what you don't like and be a bit open-minded like I always said I didn't want to work at a desk job um I actually love <laughs> working at a desk job like during the PhD because I'd be up and down in the lab I had to move around loads and I'm like no I actually just love sitting down <laughs> for the day like you know you're up and down to meetings you're not totally but like I like you know I don't like moving around as much as I thought in my work day um but I suppose talking to people as much as possible and keeping an open mind about it and knowing that you're probably going to have multiple careers over the course of your life. So you don't ever really need to decide, you know, for the thing, like you don't need to decide what you want to do with the rest of your life. You just need to decide what you want to do for the next couple of years. And then do that. And then do that. And then, you know, see how that is and then maybe try something else. Like you can move around. Like I think flexibility and ability and willingness to learn and all that are like as important as technical skills in a lot of ways you know things will come up for you if you I think building up your network not in a kind of cheesy networking way but you know like talk to people find out what other people do listen to podcasts like this there's lots of stuff out there that you can find jobs that you maybe like the sound of that you didn't even know existed yeah interesting Mm -hmm. And if you could give yourself um, advice to 21-year-old self, um, what, what advice would you give, knowing everything you know now? Um, I don't know, really. I, pro- I probably wouldn't have taken it, so it's <laughs> <that's> no point. <laughs> probably be to, like, study harder uh, <laughs> and all that. But, I, yeah, there's no advice I can give myself now that I would have taken, so. <laughs> okay. And what do you actually do as a data scientist? So I um, manage a small team of data scientists. So we would work on projects about improving efficiency. A lot of the time we work on various things, but that would be the main bit. So it would be you would meet the business and find out what their problem is that they're having. Hmm. Um, then go and find the data and you know like what I really like about it is um a lot of the time it's like you're trying to figure out human behavior so a lot of the time you're trying to figure out like why do people do this thing they do and how can they maybe do it a different way so I think there's it's not just all code and figures and numbers there's a lot of human behavior 
and stuff like that in it, which I really like. Um, so there's a mix of talking to people, talking to the business, discussing things amongst ourselves, really trying to solve a problem. So it's not just, you don't just work out, you know, you don't just give back the exact figures that they ask for. You really try and kind of answer the question that they didn't even ask, like really dig under it and see what would give them the actual solution to their problem as opposed to sometimes what they asked you. Um, and then present it back, and there's obviously lots of over and back. So that'd be pretty much it. It, it covers a fair amount of people and problem solving and the technical stuff, which I quite like. And for someone who wants to get into data science, um, like what kind of advice would you give them? Um, I think try and practice yourself if you can you know like this cargo competitions all of that kind of thing there's some voluntary stuff you might be able to do and try and get some experience but obviously experience is is hard to get but i think things like showing interest through doing online courses and kaggle and all that is good um and yeah like you need to develop the technical skills but then also the business skills as well and the people skills like it does involve a mix of them so if you're a very very technical person but aren't really comfortable talking to people Hmm. that might not be the ideal job for the type of role that I would do there might be other roles that are more purely technical but it kind of um, it involves everything so yeah try and get some experience and even if it's free online experience yeah it's interesting because i always thought data science is you know purely technical but i like the way you say you know there's psychology involved there's a talking to people there's presenting i I presume Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of interesting things to data science it's not just a technical it's it's like you're trying to find information you know that that can bring value to the business which i think is super interesting especially the psychology part of it yeah yeah like you're solving real life problems and i actually love the whole psychology thing Mm. you're looking at data and it's not just numbers moving around that's representations of what real life people are doing so you are like god i wonder why these group of people are doing this thing and like you know they have a reason and you're trying to figure out the reason i find that really interesting Mm. Also, I'm naturally kind of a nosy person, so <laughs> love digging into that. And there's obviously parts of your job that you don't really like. Uh, what are those parts for you? Um, I suppose like everyone, it's kind of the admin and, you know, there's kind of admin stuff to do. And then there's, I suppose it's a good complaint, as in we have tons of work on. So it's balancing uh, priorities with you know everyone wants everything now obviously so I don't love having to push back and delay something or that's the whole kind of part that I don't like when I just get going on the project that's Mm. what I do like yeah and you mentioned that you work as a manager Uh, am I correct in saying that I'm assistant manager yeah oh assistant manager yeah and what do you do like um, do you actually prefer to do management kind of stuff or data scientist stuff uh, I, I like both I don't really yeah. I don't really know like I like the I'm only kind of new to the people development stuff hmm. um, but I yeah like I, I think it's it's kind of interesting I'm only I'm only very new to it and I have a lot to learn but I think it is like I, I just really I really like people I'm really interested in people so you do get a chance to help people 
in that way like I was saying before like one of the things like I wanted to do early on in my career was to help people and like there are kind of other ways of doing that like you can help people develop that you manage and you know it's not always curing diseases and all that kind of thing like there are you know I don't know what I'm going to end up doing for the rest of my career but like that is something that you can help people and give them the best chance to develop so that's something that I'm only kind of newly coming to so yeah so it's kinda, interesting yeah so you kind of want to help um, other people and um, like let's say I want to volunteer as a data scientist yeah is there anything a data scientist can do or anyone like can you apply data science to volunteering basically yeah so you you definitely can um, and there is a couple of organisations I'm not sure what's happening in Dublin at the moment but um, I used to volunteer myself uh, for a while um, and worked in an organisation that brought together charities that needed data or data analysed and data analysts. Um, and we would have worked with a couple of things. Um, uh, organisation that represents pr- Irish prisoners mm. and looking at, looks at improving their conditions. So we would have worked on a couple of projects with them, with Food Cloud and... It was it was really interesting. I um on a momentary hi- hiatus at the moment because it's a lot of work, <laughs> as yeah, you course, would know. Yeah. Um, but it is. Uh, I think there's a huge amount of scope. Like data can tell you so much. It can say it can save so much time. It can give you like decisions should be data driven. It can just make everything so much more efficient, so much more useful. It's just, I think we're at a weird stage now that there isn't the data literacy out there. So it's quite a specialized thing. Like I would see it, I don't know if I'm wrong here, about in the future, like, you know, accountancy is just standard. Like every business, big or small, every charity needs an accountant or like access to accountant. It's just like if you have a business, you do your accounts. That's absolute business 101. That's basic. I would hope in the future that data would be like that. Like, it's just a basic part of your business. Like, you know, you pay your people, you do your accounts, you analyze the stuff that you do. So I think we're at kind of a weird time at the moment where it's not like that, but there's lots of people, especially charities who are running on a shoestring. They're doing amazing work and they could be helping more people, but there's just, they obviously can't afford to pay anybody, so... Yeah, that's where I see it been long term. It's just going to be a part of every business, even some basic data stuff. But um, yeah, at the moment, there's a bit of a gap. So it it is quite hard to do that kind of work because, you know, even small data science projects, they take so much from the, you know, if anyone's familiar with Crisp DM, all you have to understand how the business works. You have to understand where your data is. Data is often incredibly messy that you have to clean it all up and before you get your results... And, you know, things have to be correct. Giving people wrong data is probably worse than giving them no data at all. So, you know, you have to be very careful with that stuff. Like, you do have a responsibility. If you're a more technical person, people tend to trust you on what you're saying. So it, it needs to be right. You know, it is a big respo- responsibility. Yeah. And when you say, you know, cleaning data, presenting data, mm. how much of your time is actually spent on doing this? 
yeah fair amount <laughs> would you say it's the majority of your time um i think the majority of my time at the moment would be talk like dealing with the business and all that hmm. and but yeah to be yeah it'd be it'd be a huge amount like everything no, every company no matter how big or small has issues with data messy data quality yeah like it's just it's just the way of it so um yeah, that's the thing, because I know, say, if you do do a Kaggle competition, like, there'll be messy data sets, but, like, that's because they try to make them realistic. <laughs> it's uh, not that they didn't clean them up for Kaggle. Mm. So, yeah, that's a, you know, like, if you do become a data scientist, it's not like you spend, like, eight hours a day doing machine learning models and all this kind of stuff. Like, you know, there's a lot of, you have to do everything else. You don't just get to do the fun bit. I hope in the future they're going to develop some way, you know, just to clean the data for you. But <laughs> yeah. for now, I guess we'll just have to kind of yeah. uh, clean ourselves. And, you know, I'm doing computer science at the moment. Mm-hmm. And, like, the the male to female ratio isn't great. And I'm just curious to know, like, what's that in your, like, how's that in your, in your own workplace? Yeah. Um, like, what's kind of the diversity within, you know, the place you work? Um yeah like it's it depends on the area but it's it wouldn't be great like it's it's across the whole tech industry mm. it wouldn't be great and like i think it's really important because like you know i think some people are thinking of diversity just for diversity's sake but even if you look at it from a business point of view like if your product if your customers are diverse your staff should be diverse because Otherwise, you get things like there was that product launch by Apple of a health tracker mm. that didn't include any way to track your period, which is like the single most tracked bodily function in human history. Yeah. So obviously say that to any woman, that's hilarious. But, you know, you need you need diverse staff to produce the best product um, for your business the success of a business business so if you don't care about diversity <laughs> but <laughs> you care about your business it is it is still important um i don't know what to i don't know what to do about it is very it's very difficult i think there is a perception that um stuff like data science and that is very purely technical um but like we were talking earlier there's a lot more to it yeah um i'm not sure I don't know. I don't know. To be honest, that's the the eternal question of how how you would improve it. But I think it needs to be like stuff like that starts in school. Like I, you said, I did applied maths outside school because yeah. I went to a girls' school, so it wasn't available. So like, besides, like there was maths and physics. That's actually crazy the way it wasn't available. Like it, sh- it should be. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. So like you, you know, I was the only one in my school who did it outside school, but other people would have done it if it had been available, I would have loved to do do like technical drawing, Mm, any of that mm. kind of stuff, but none of it was available. So like that stuff does start at a young age, like things like that do, you know, and you know, the way, like I was saying, I saw myself as someone who's like good at maths and bad at languages. I think people do get into their heads that like, I'm good at this. I'm not good at that. Mm. Um, But yeah, I think it, it starts quite early, that kind of thing. But, like, I am seeing trends at the moment, you know, uh, just to include, like, more diversity. I, I Like, I don't know, just by looking at social media and stuff, mm. you, you see that more people trying to 
include diversity into the workplace yeah. they're trying to promote this they're trying to you know women women in tech stuff like that yeah like there's, i think there's gonna be a big change in that yeah yeah hopefully it's actually yeah it's reflected in um the numbers of people going in but you know and then you have to make sure that the environments are good for everyone when they're in a job um and that there's strong protections for workers and all this kind of thing and like obviously diversity then isn't just like gender like there's you know race and ability and everything else yeah but like i think absolutely yeah i think um making things accessible to people and welcoming to all different kinds of people and you know as people you know our workplaces would be better if they're more diverse and then from business's point of view your business is going to produce a better product if it's your the people creating your product are reflective of your customers um what do you think anyway yeah no it's interesting and this is another topic now but um how do you think soft skills are important yeah definitely and i think there's a bit of a perception um that i would have come across um from some of the hard sciences like computer science yourself i don't know maybe you'll disagree with me here um that they're not that important that the harder something is the better it is mm. and the more kind of obscure something is mm. the the better it is but like if you have something if you've done something amazing and you can't explain it to anybody like what's, what's really, the point yeah, yeah what's it really worth like you would be so much better doing something basic that you can explain well that's actually of more value um and especially in industry people aren't really they don't really care you know in the nicest possible way they're not really interested in how difficult something was or how technically amazing or whatever they want to know what it tells them and whether it's like a very basic histogram like a breakdown of like the ages of your customer whatever or if it's something really really fancy you know if you've got some kind of machine learning model or something that gives them something they didn't need then you know what was the point in that so I think that ability to like talk to the business find out what they actually want do it for them and give it back to them in a way that they understand as in, you know, they're all very intelligent people, but like they're not from the technical background and their expertise lie elsewhere. They're not particularly interested in learning about that. And like something we would have come across, it's it's kind of a hard bridge to jump for myself included and lots of like our new grads is when we're presenting stuff back, like everything in college and academia, you, you're basically trying to convince your audience that you're right. So you're like, this is my hypothesis. This is in extreme detail all the steps that I went through because everyone's deciding whether what you did is right or not and then you're like and then ta-da here's my conclusions but in business like that's like your job is to do that stuff like they've they hired you to do all the technical stuff they assume you can do it so the presentations are more like here's your problem and here's what we found out and how it can solve your problem they assume you're right because <laughs> that's your job and that's what they're paying you for. So it's kind of a different, it's a different um, focus, I suppose. And I've gone off track now, but basically, no matter how good you are technically, if you can't communicate, if you can't, if you do the wrong, if you try and solve the wrong problem. So if you don't 
understand them well enough and the business well enough to do the right work, then you've just done something that's not particularly useful. Or if you've done something amazing, but you can't communicate it back in a way that it can be used, then it's not that useful either. So obviously all your technical stuff has to be done well and has to be correct, Mm. but all sides are needed, definitely. And what do you think is the single most important soft skill for a data scientist? Um, Oh, that's interesting. Um, I suppose like communication, um, really. And I think communication goes both ways. Maybe I'm using a different definition of communication, but as in being able to understand what people are saying to you and being able to communicate an idea back to them. Um, that's probably the most important and the two sides of that. I mean, there's no point being, you know, amazingly communicating results back to them for a problem that they didn't actually ask for because you picked them up wrong, you know, like both Mm. sides of both sides of communication. Yeah. And I think also it's maybe secondary, but yeah, empathy I mean empathy yeah that's, like that's interesting why, general why good life skill but you know like a lot of say what we would do is you're, it's putting yourself into other people's shoes like a customer isn't doing this weird journey because they're like stupid or something they're doing it because of a reason and they have a reason so the ability to be able to put yourself in other mm. people's shoes especially if your workforce isn't that diverse mm. you know so you don't have representation across different groups but like you know everyone's doing their thing the things that they're doing for a reason that makes sense to them. So to be able to see and try and understand all those reasons instead of just looking at the world from your point of view and being like, oh, what that person is doing doesn't really make any sense. Like, it makes sense to them. And your job is to try and, depending on your job, obviously, but, like, your job could be to try and figure out things from their point of view. So, yeah, that would be important as well, I'd say. Yeah, and also good life yeah. skill, you know. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, because like you mentioned early on, the communication is super important because if you can't, if like you may be super, super technical, you may know all the details, but if you can't present that to the people who actually make decisions, like what's the point? Um, so yeah, I think that yeah, I agree like with I that. think there's there's works of genius and works of art sitting around yeah. in share drives gathering dust because it never got really taken to the level that anyone could really use it. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. And how do you approach work-life balance? Um, by having a job that is fairly, in, like, by having a job that's got good work-life balance. Because when <laughs> I was doing the PhD, I had terrible work-life balance. Just study, so, study, study, or yeah, research. Yeah, or kind of study, and then just kind of study for 12 hours a day, do you know? Hmm. Um, so everyone's different. For me, I quite like having... Uh, workplace that's quite strict on hours so barring emergencies wouldn't really have to you know do overtime in that the strict start time end time Mm. that helps me because I'd be prone to not having a great work-life balance Uh, but obviously lots of people are uh, different and I think having stuff outside work like you know work is only part of your life so you should have other interests like doing other stuff cultivate some if you don't have any I think it's good you know and obviously it's good to especially um when you're starting off in your career to um you know do meetup groups and 
you know, there's mm. oh yeah, sorry, that's another thing that I didn't say earlier, meet but up. yeah, meetup. There's great stuff out there. There's like we're so spoiled in Dublin. There's so many tech companies. There's lots of which I never realized until I was doing the other data volunteering. There's loads of venues in Dublin that are happy to have meetups host. There's loads of kind of young people doing it. Like there's some like Dublin is one of the best kind of meetup communities, I suppose. So definitely go along to that kind of stuff. You meet people, you'll be able to chat to people and find out what's going on. You'll learn something. But like maybe don't just do that. Like, you know, it's good to be passionate about what you do. But it's also good to have outside interests. You know, if you work all day at a tech job, then you go to tech meetups in the evening and yeah, do Kaggle competitions the weekend might be good. Obviously, hmm. people should do what makes them happy, but... Do what makes you happy. But maybe branch out a little bit. No, <laughs> might yeah, help with the whole empathy thing as well, because sometimes then you end up only really meeting the same, t- same type of person. Mm-mm-mm. It's kind of good to meet different people as well. And Kate, um, if you could do one job or one other job besides what you're doing now, what would that job be? Oh, I don't know. Um, I always think I'd like to like be a travel writer or a travel writer. Yeah, mm. well, I like traveling, but then I don't really like writing. So <laughs> um, you could do like an audio and then just transfer <laughs> it into or into text, text yeah. speech as text, whatever yeah. it's called. Um. I don't know to be honest I'm pretty happy in my job because I like a job that I find interesting and then I like to do the stuff that I enjoy on my own time so it's not like I know if I was a travel writer then travel becomes work whereas now travel's fun or like I love to read if I was like uh I don't know worked in I don't think there's a job where you get to read all day I don't know it was like a book reviewer or something then it becomes work so I think I like having work I like it's work and then the stuff I do for fun is just fun so yeah I don't know something human rights I don't know really sure who knows what I'll end up doing yeah <laughs> exactly I don't know yeah I don't know either um and you mentioned that you're a reader yeah what kind of books do you read um mainly fiction mm-hmm. um yeah I like to read Anthem really I really like reading about like lives that are different to my own hmm. just to kind of, you know, so like biographies, autobiographies or just, yeah, or yeah, or just like fiction kind of set in a place. So I was, I started reading, I mean, this is like a lifelong project now, but I was thought I'd read books from loads of different countries and everything. But then when I actually looked at it, like looked at who wrote them, it was like, oh, they're set in all different countries, but they're actually mainly by mainly male mainly white american irish or english or british authors so when i thought i was reading about stuff all over the world i was actually just reading about those people's perception Mm -hmm. kind of weirdly kind of colonial so i wanted to read books my goal is to read a book from every country in the world like well okay it'll be like for the rest of my life because there's (laughs) there's a lot of books yeah but then the person has to be from the country and the book set in the country. So you get a, like a, I know it's only one book for per country. Like it's not going to be um, totally representative, but to, you know, try and 
see the world through other people's eyes as much as you can because empathy empathy (laughs) coming back to empathy again (laughs) but i think it's it is really important like you can you know if you look at what like it'd be it's interesting for people to do to like look at the books you read and look at the authors and be like are they actually just kind of really similar to me so am i just reading over and over again books about different things but they're all from essentially kind of my viewpoint so then you might end up thinking well, loads of other people are saying it as well. So my viewpoint is just the way I see the world kind of is just how the world is. But it's not that way for everybody. So it's kind of interesting for people to do a little a little audit on like, say, the books and films and, you know, media they consume and see who's creating that. And are they just picking people like themselves? Which is, you know, obviously people relate to stuff written by people like themselves because it's similar to you. But it's kind of good to get outside your own bubble a little bit as well. And what are the one to three books that have influenced your life the most? Um. Oh, that's a... Um, I don't know. Is there any books that come to mind? Yeah, I really like stuff by Anne Enright. Um, she's an Irish author. Her stuff mm. is just amazingly... I don't know. It's just really heartbreaking and beautiful and it's yeah it just seems so real um god i'm not sure who else i read wuthering heights in school Mm. loved that (laughs) that was brilliant um handmaid's tale was incredible as well i suppose they're all fictional books really Mm. um that kind of make you think about something else Yeah, yeah interesting and what is your process in making a difficult decision? This may be in personal life, in work, whatever. Um, How do you approach that? I don't. <laughs> not a great decision maker. Um, no, sometimes I'll like go with my gut, just make a snap decision, then think about it. Often your gut was probably right. Would you go by thinking or feeling, if you know what I mean, in making decisions? Um probably feeling i suppose i suppose that's where you're going with your gut is you just have a like good instinct on what you want to pick mm. but then i'll probably think about it as well like i wouldn't just purely but yeah i'm probably i don't know i think weirdly like the bigger the decision the easier it is to make smaller the bigger decisions? yeah i think oh, really? so yeah smaller okay. decisions are yeah i kind of like i decided to go do my master's in london just on a just like decision that. but like i wouldn't be able to decide what i want to have for my dinner like you know so i think the that's bigger because well with big things you kind of know how you feel yeah but if, maybe that's if you're basing it on feelings if you're trying to think your way through it i suppose that takes a while i mean choosing what what the for breakfast for breakfast is pretty 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 difficult <laughs> one now, of I have life's to say. big decisions <laughs> yeah it's not always easy yeah and what are you currently most excited about um personally or professionally <laughs> it could be personally it could be professionally personally i'm going to a festival at the weekend yes. looking forward to that professionally um yeah i'm kind of pretty excited with how things are going now like i'm definitely still at a stage in my career where i'm learning loads there's lots of opportunities to do new things i've got a supportive work environment around mm. that 
Um, yeah, I'm kind of just excited to see what happens. Like, I've never been a particular planner in career things, as you could probably probably tell from my career history. <laughs> it's a bit all over the place. But like, ah, sure. I'm a bit kind of like, sure, I'll see what happens. Like, get as much experience. You know, sorry, that's not to say that I kind of like sit back and just take it as it comes. Like, I'd be proactive kind of get the most out of the thing that you're doing now like I am happy with what I'm doing now and I wouldn't see myself making changes anytime soon but you never know what's going to happen so even if people say you're in a job they're got their first job out of college realize it's not for them or they're doing an internship and they don't like it like get as much as you can out of it like you've learned that that's not for you that's a real that's really valuable information but say you are stuck well you know you're there for a fixed period of time get as much as you can out of it you never know what's going to be useful like the amount of stuff that comes up with us in work that like people have something useful to contribute just because of like a job they had when they were a teenager like you never know what's going to be useful to in your life so you may as well get the most out of what you have at the moment and if it turns out what you're doing isn't for you well then that's good information to have for making making your next choice Hmm. you know um, I can't remember your question. No, that, that yeah. answers perfectly. <laughs> and when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused in general, uh, how do you approach that? Um, I'm a big fan of lists. 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 Mm. I'm also kind of forgetful, so write it all down um, immediately or I'll forget about it. I do that like my personal life as well. Like I have my Google calendar on my phone. That's the Bible. I've, <laughs> and I've learned that because... I book I over I double book myself far too many times and missed out on fun stuff. So now it all goes in the calendar. See if I'm free that day. Um I make lists and try and lay things out logically, like in step by step what I need to do. Which actually somebody said to me a while ago, they were saying, Oh, you should do this part of it because you're a very linear thinker which I was like, Oh, that's really funny. I'm actually not at all. Like my brain's all over the place. But like I'd never get anything done if I was just hopping all over the place like my head is. So like I've become good at, you know, step one, you do this, step two, you need to do this. So it's funny, I'd be a bit all over the place, but like I've become very good at thinking linearly mm. because otherwise I wouldn't get anything done. So I think when I'm feeling overwhelmed with the project, yeah, laying out step by step everything that you need to do. And then picking an easy bit and doing that and then kind of getting going. If you're feeling really overwhelmed, take a break. You know, sometimes you can get like fresh eyes or can be really good as well. Like, you know, you're spending hours trying to figure something out and then you come in the next morning and like immediately see what was wrong with it. So if you can take a break, do. Um, if you're getting like actually getting anxious and flustered and mm, all mm, that kind mm. of thing, then walk away from it, you know. But if you're just... Just walk away from your job. (laughs) Just (laughs) don't come back. Walk away from your life. (laughs) Um, But if you're just a bit all over the place, then I think making a plan, pen and paper, however you like to work, and step by step what you need to do, and then start yourself off easy, and then you might get in a kind of a roll of it. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, In the last five years, uh, what is the habit or routine, whatever, that kind of helped you the most? Um, You know what I mean? I think that, to be honest, lists. like lists and planning, because I'm 
kind of forgetful and a bit all over the place. So that really worked for me. If you're someone who's naturally kind of organized, you probably don't need something like that. But um, I would kind of be the opposite. So it's been really good for me. So if you're a fellow all over the place person, that might be good. <laughs> Make lists. Yeah. And I guess hmm, we're going to get deep down. If right. you were to summarize uh, everything you learned from your life into three kind of lessons, what are the lessons that you would give? Okay. Um, I'd say don't limit yourself. As in, you know, like I was saying earlier, I was like, oh, I'm good at maths, bad languages. And then when I went away traveling, um, we're going to like Central American stuff and learn Spanish. Um, and like, I was way better at it than I ever thought I'd be. Like, I still wasn't as good as my friend who was like a bit better with languages, but mm. like, I never thought I could do that. And I wouldn't have tried if it wasn't out of necessity. So I think don't kind of put yourself in a box. And I'm, I'm sure people are similar about the whole technical soft skill thing. They're like, oh no, I'm a technical person. I'm not, I'm not good at talking to people or, you know, so don't you know even if that's true and you're very technical and you're not great at talking to people like you know with effort and with a bit of help and stuff you'll probably become like grand at talking to people and then that's fine for most jobs like you don't have to be a superstar and everything but I think mm. not limiting yourself and not telling you know, people I think people tell those stories in their head they're like I'm good at this I'm bad at this and then therefore like they never try I always thought I was terrible at sport I was like oh, I'm just terrible at that and then a couple of years ago like I mean it was like 30 or something I started running as in jogging like I you know and it's not never gonna run a marathon never gonna run a 10k I was actually like grand at it and I was like god all these years I just thought I was really bad and never tried because I thought I was bad at it and then it turns out I'm just like fine at it which most people are probably fine at most things so probably don't limit yourself and don't Mm -hmm. kind of cut yourself off from stuff just because you think you're not good at it Mm. Um, two more <laughs> uh, I think really listen to other people and learn from other people like you're not going to know stuff when you start working or just in general in life and that's totally fine you know you don't always have to agree with people um, but it's probably worth listening to people like you don't want to be going in all guns blazing probably better to sit back a little bit have a listen like don't be afraid to speak up and um you know make your voice heard and all that like that's very important but like do really listen to what other people are saying even if you like listen to what they're saying think about it and then just disregard it if you don't agree but like actually do listen and even if you don't get on with the person have a listen to what they're saying they could still be wrong and that's totally fine but like you you know do just take the time to listen and think like a lot of people kind of you know in a discussion or even argument or whatever they're kind of just waiting for their turn to talk but you're kind of wasting a lot of information there so like do really listen to people Hmm. and um, I suppose then the third one is like to look after yourself like things are life's hard you know and you know a lot of like most people or I don't know whatever the statistic is lots of people anyway are going to have trouble with mental health stuff over the course of their lives 
this kind of stuff happens to or you know other health problems this kind of stuff happens to everyone I think especially when you're starting out it can look like everyone's grand everyone's doing a great job I'm the only person who's not doesn't know what I want to do in my life or you know doesn't feel yeah also like when you start a job you I don't know every job I've ever started I felt terrible at for like six months or a year like no matter how good or bad I was like it doesn't like you're probably grand you know go to your manager get feedback all that kind of thing but like everyone I don't know what's the phrase like you're don't judge your insides based on other people's outsides like you're only seeing a select snapshot of other people's lives and other people are having problems too and everything so you know and get help if you need help like whether it's you know any kind of you know medical help or mental health help or like career help or talk to people but like most people are a lot less together than you think they are so don't try and kind of double down and uh work harder to fix the problem just you know most people are having a hard time as well so take it easy on yourself and look after Mm. yourself yeah, well, Kate, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, I think we'll wrap up the podcast now. Yeah. So, yeah, th- thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate okay, it. Okay, thanks a million for having me. Cheers. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, it'd be pretty cool if you shared it with your friends or anyone else who you think would benefit from it. You can find all the show notes by going to the website chasingpassion.e. That is chasingpassion.e. Thank you for listening today, and I hope you enjoyed the episode.